AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story today, the popular social media app known as TikTok is becoming the subject of increasing controversy in the U.S. and abroad. Earlier this week, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the U.S. is looking at banning Chinese social media apps in general, including, of course, TikTok. Pompeo suggested this possible move in an interview with Laura Ingram on Fox News, adding that the U.S. is taking this idea very seriously. He made this statement in response to a question about whether the U.S. should be considering a ban on these Chinese social media apps. Specifically, Pompeo said, quote, with respect to Chinese apps on people's cell phones, I can assure you the United States will get this one right, too. I don't want to get out in front of the president, but it's something we're looking at. He also added that people should only download the app, quote, if you want your private information in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. TikTok responded to these comments pretty quickly. In a statement, they said, TikTok is led by an American CEO with hundreds of employees and key leaders across safety, security, product, and public policy here in the U.S. We have no higher priority than promoting a safe and secure app experience for our users. We have never provided user data to the Chinese government, nor would we do so if asked. Pompeo's remarks come at an interesting geopolitical time. 
tensions between the U.S. and China are ratcheting up as the U.S. has just sent even more naval ships into the disputed areas of the South China Sea. This tension has also spilled into arguments over trade and technology. TikTok has a CEO in the U.S., but it is owned by a startup named ByteDance. That's Byte like a computer byte, B-Y-T-E. ByteDance is based in Beijing. And TikTok has already been criticized by multiple U.S. politicians, most of whom accuse this video app of being a threat to national security because of its ties to China. The opponents of TikTok allege the company could be compelled to, quote, support and cooperate with intelligence work controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. For its part, TikTok has already said in the past that it operates separately from ByteDance. It says its data centers are located outside of China and that none of the data it collects is subject to Chinese law. That means that if you are a TikTok user in the U.S., your data is stored in the U.S. and there's a backup of it in Singapore, at least according to TikTok's official statements. A spokesperson for the company uh, said back in May that it thinks the national security concerns here are, quote, unfounded. Controversy aside, TikTok is incredibly popular. It's having its moment in the sun. It's exploded in the U.S. and other Western countries. It's become the first Chinese social media platform to gain significant traction with users outside of China. In the first three months of 2020, it was downloaded 315 million times. That's more quarterly downloads than any other app in history. The company isn't just running into controversy in the U.S. Last week, the Indian government said it would ban TikTok and several other Chinese apps because they, quote, pose a threat to sovereignty and integrity. Tensions between India and China have been escalating after that clash along the Himalayan border we mentioned in an earlier episode, and TikTok has signaled it will pull out of Hong Kong as well. Our second story today, an employee of Russia's State Space Corporation has been detained on treason charges. This happened just today, according to the nation's top security agency. The employee, one Ivan Safronov, was a former journalist who served as an advisor to Roscosmos head Dmitry Rogozin. He was detained in Moscow by agents of the Federal Security Service, abbreviated FSB in Russian. That's the main successor to the KGB. His arrest sent shockwaves throughout Russian media. Many other journalists were questioning the treason charges, and his former newspaper openly rejected these accusations as absurd. So what exactly is he alleged to have done? Well, the FSB says that Safronov is accused of relaying sensitive data to a spy agency of an unspecified NATO member. It said in a statement that the information he provided referred to military technical cooperation, defense and security of the Russian Federation. If he is convicted, Safronov could face up to 20 years in prison. The space agency, Roscosmos, says that Safronov didn't have access to any state secrets and they claimed that the charges couldn't relate to his work for the corporation, which he just joined in May of this year. 
Before then, Safranov was working as a correspondent for Commerçant, uh, one of the top business daily newspapers. He had worked there for nearly a decade, and after that, he worked one more year for another business newspaper, Vedemosti. He generally covered military issues, arms trade, and government affairs. However, we're getting conflicting reports here. A spokesperson for the Kremlin, Dmitry Peskov, said that Safranov's detention was not related to his activities as a journalist. When he was asked about the case during a conference call with reporters just yesterday, he described Safranov as a talented journalist. In their statement, Commerçant, the paper that Safranov worked for for so long, hailed him as one of the country's top journalists. They called him a true patriot and said that he had deep concerns about the state of the military and space industries he covered. The paper noted that rights activists, journalists, scientists, and corporate officials who face treason accusations often find it difficult to defend themselves because of the secrecy surrounding their cases and the lack of public access. In summation, they said, as a result, the public has to rely on the narrative offered by special services, whose work has increasingly raised questions, and journalists asking those questions find themselves under blow. Several other journalists, including some of Safranov's former co-workers, were detained outside the headquarters of the FSB in Moscow as they protested his arrest. There's some background to the case. Last year, the FSB apparently opened an inquiry following an article Safranov wrote that claimed Russia had signed a contract with Egypt for the delivery of sophisticated Su-35 fighter jets. Commerçant, the paper where this article was published, later removed the report from its website and no actual charges were filed. There's murky family history here as well. Safranov's father also worked for the paper, Commerçant, after he retired from the armed forces, and while he was working as a journalist, he covered military issues. At least, that is, until 2007, when he died after falling from a window of his apartment building in Moscow. Investigators concluded that he committed suicide, but naturally some Russian media questioned the official version— and pointed out his intention to publish a sensitive report about secret arms deliveries to Iran and Syria. Our third story today, foreign students attending U.S. colleges that will operate entirely online this coming fall have found themselves between a rock and a hard place— New regulations released just yesterday by U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, better known as ICE, say that these students cannot remain in the U.S. if their schools go entirely online. To call this a dilemma is an understatement. College students across the country and around the world are trying to figure out what their upcoming semesters are going to look like. And this federal guidance limits options for international students— It leaves them with a very difficult choice. Attend in-person classes during a pandemic and risk infection? Or take those classes online from another country? For students enrolled in schools that have already announced plans to operate fully online, the choice is gone. Under those new rules, the State Department will not issue them visas, and ICE will not allow them to enter the country. ICE's Student and Exchange Visitor Program released a statement about this, which reads, 
Active students currently in the U.S. enrolled in such programs must depart the country or take other measures, such as transferring to a school with in-person instruction to remain in lawful status. If not, they may face immigration consequences, including, but not limited to, the initiation of removal proceedings. Removal proceedings, of course, means deportation. The agency said that students already in the country facing a fully online course of study could take alternative measures to maintain their non-immigrant status, such as reduced course load or appropriate medical leave. This rule applies to holders of what are known as F-1 and M-1 non-immigrant visas. They allow non-immigrant students to pursue academic and vocational coursework. More than one million of higher education students in the U.S. come from overseas. That's according to the nonprofit Institute of International Education. Typically, these students are going to be limited in how many online courses they can take. They're required to do the majority of their learning in the classroom. According to immigration lawyer Fiona McEntee, once the pandemic struck, students were given flexibility to take more online classes, but... Apparently, this only held true for spring and summer semesters. McKinty goes on to say, quote, This is an unprecedented public health crisis, and I don't think it's too much to ask for the allowances that they made to continue, especially given the fact that we clearly, quite clearly, do not have a handle on the pandemic right here, right now, unlike other countries that have. She went on to say the decision is particularly puzzling given the value of foreign students which is something we know how to quantify economically. According to an economic analysis by NAFSA, the Association of International Educators, international students studying at U.S. colleges and universities contributed $41 billion across 2018 to 2019 alone. They also supported 458,290 jobs. This announcement came as higher education institutions are releasing their frameworks for reopening in the fall semester. Schools are preparing to offer either full in-person instruction, full online classes, or a hybrid, a mix of both. According to the Chronicle of Higher Education, 8% of colleges are planning to operate online, 60% are planning to return to in-person instruction, and 23% are proposing a hybrid model. There's another 8.5% that are undecided or still considering a range of scenarios. McEnty, who is herself a former international student, said leaving for school can be challenging enough, not to mention during a pandemic and in a landscape of near-constant immigration restrictions. She called the new rule, both in substance and timing, not right saying, this is not the America that I think foreign students come to live in. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners should know about, to hit us with your best or worst bad dad jokes, as well as your personal experience with COVID-19, the ongoing protest, or anything else strange happening in your neck of the global woods. Let us know. Tag hashtag Strange Daily on Twitter or reach out to me directly. I'm at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter or at Ben Bolin on Instagram. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and most importantly, thanks to you. I'm Ben Bolin. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange.
Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.